welcome to the Dose of Good podcast, where I share with you good people and organizations doing good things. In our world, we constantly hear about the bad and negative things that go on, and I think we should hear more about the good happening every day that isn't shared or talked about as much. I will be featuring nonprofit organizations and the individuals who help them to be a success. I would also love to celebrate good people doing good and kind things on their own. If you know of anyone, send them my way. I'm your host, Erin Rowe. Now let's get into today's episode. For today's episode, we will be discussing Community Caregivers of Greater Derry an organization that provides elderly and disabled residents practical assistance and support to stay in their own homes in safety and with dignity for as long as possible. I hope you enjoy learning more about this wonderful organization. Today I'm here with Cindy Tanuma, Executive Director of Community Caregivers, and Gail Wolf, Loner's Closet Assistant. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. I wanted to have you start by telling us a little bit of the history of community caregivers as well as kind of their mission. Sure. So the mission is enriching lives and supporting individuals to remain independent through a compassionate volunteer community. So we made it purposely a little vague because we wanted the power to help whoever really needed the help. If it was an unmet need, we wanted to surround those people by that compassionate volunteer community and help them. So about 35 years ago, 1988, it was kind of the thing in, in around the nation, these faith in action programs or just some of these um, organic offshoots to develop these caregiving programs to uh, fill an unmet need. So seniors that aren't essentially, they're too, they're too, you know, they're too poor to pay for some things, but you know, they can't pay for them out of pocket either. And so um, they were kind of in that middle area of people that were either being underserved and not served at all. So the same thing they did back then is what we do today um, with the addition of the handyman program. But those compassionate volunteers are being trained to do light chores, groceries, friendly visiting transportation to medical appointments, light respite care, yard work, and then I would say in about 2007 we added the handyman program. But it's really all those unmet needs that as you age and your social network thins out a little bit as you age, you you have needs that need to be met and you're not nursing home ready, you're not assisted living um, home ready, you just need a little bit more help to stay independent um, in your own home. Okay. And because I'm not familiar with it, since it's a newer part of the services, what is the handyman? Yeah, so it's um, it's sponsored by M&T Bank, uh, which was formerly People's United Bank. So since 2007, they have funded the program where we have a subset group of honeydew men and women that fulfill um, large and small home maintenance and repair projects. So as long as we don't need to pull a permit or there doesn't need to be any you know, licensing or, um, or permits, codes, um, we can help them out. Um, 
we only have a small amount of money that we can bring to a project, but what we can bring to it is expertise, time, patience. So a lot of our um, residents, they'll pay for the cost of the materials, um, and we're doing obviously the, the work for free. So sometimes it's even just, they need to have a plumber come out, but they just don't want to be alone with the person. They just want to make sure that they understand what's going on, that they're not going to be manipulated in some way. So sometimes we'll even go out as like a big brother. Oftentimes someone will say, oh, it sounds like this. This is what's going on. It looks like this. So we'll call one of the, the repairmen. They'll go out and they'll be our eyes and ears and tell us, oh, no, we don't want anything to do with this project or yes, I can easily do this or this is what needs to be done. I'm sending you some pictures, but you need someone that's a little bit more, you know, plumbing savvy or mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. So these are just these maintenance things. We don't do anything with aesthetics or cosmetics or we won't help you be compliant with HOA. Um, we're really not trying to get in better homes and garden. We're really just trying to keep the homes a little bit safer mm -hmm. um, and thwart things like... Um, you know, pest control, weatherization, um, f fire hazards, egress hazards. Um, and we do take referrals from like the state and local authorities if there's something that they're concerned about that we have the capacity to help with. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. And did you want to tell us a little bit about what you do with the loaner's closet? I'd be happy to. Okay. The loaner's closet um, exists because very often people have a physical need for some piece of durable medical equipment and they either don't know where to get it, they don't have the money to buy it, or maybe they don't even know what they need but the doctor said you need A. So they come to us saying, my neighbor says I need a, you know, one of those things. That's where Donna, who's the manager and I, listen to what their problem is and then say, this is what we can recommend. So absolutely everything we have is donated and everything we share is for free and there's no time limit nor is there a geographical limit. So I, I don't have to I don't have to break it down what town do you live in, what insurance do you have, what's your copay. It's absolutely delightful. You have a problem, maybe I have a solution. We'll talk about it and I'll help you load it in your car. That's great. Yeah. And how did each of you get involved with community caregivers? Well, Gail, you should tell them first. <laughs> uh, I am a summer resident of a dairy, and my absolutely wonderful neighbor, Joe, um, said to me, you should go down and volunteer. And he was a volunteer. was a wonderful volunteer. And so I went down, and I said, uh, I met Cindy, and I met Donna, and I said, well, I said, my neighbor said I should come and volunteer. And so I volunteered to be a driver because that's what Joe was. But my background is occupational therapy. When I learned about the closet, I said, now, wait a minute. I work for years and years doing this thing. So I said to Cindy, could I volunteer in the, I'll still drive, but could I volunteer in the closet? Because that's really what I've done for my whole professional life. So she said, sure. So I was doing it one day a week, loving every every Friday, couldn't wait. And then she was going to 
open up an opportunity to hire somebody. I said, no, 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 don't post it. <laughs> don't post it. I want to do it. So it was really a match made in heaven for me. I'm huh. happy as a clam. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, 19 years ago, my husband and I, my, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I wanted to move back up to New Hampshire. He wanted, we'd been away, I don't know, three years, and um, Pennsylvania just wasn't for us. And a family friend said, oh, check out this opportunity. It sounds right up your alley because at the time I was in AmeriCorps. I was doing my second year of AmeriCorps. And they happened to place me with a volunteer caregiving group in Hagerstown, Maryland. So they knew I was doing this volunteer caregiving, you know, the volunteer coordination piece. And so they said, check this out. It was an assistant director position in, in Derry. I'd never really been to Derry, but um, so I flew up and interviewed and um, leap of faith. I hadn't even gotten the job yet, but my husband got a job teaching in Hudson and we packed up our car and moved up and, and thank goodness they hired me. <laughs> so I was exam the, um, the assistant director for a year, a co-director for a year. And then I guess since 2006, I've been the executive director. So I've been there yep, since 2004. Yep. Okay. Started with um, just two part-time individuals, and now we are a very great staff of eight. It's it's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, so is amazing. some nice growth. That's good yeah. to hear. What would people find when they enter your office? Well, the first thing they would be is greeted by, how can I help you today? Because it's just what naturally rolls off of our mind because we want them to know that they're welcome and that we anticipate solving whatever they need today. So that kind of puts people at ease because we're not starting off with fill out a form, write down your insurance information, we wanna really know. Um, so when they describe it, then if, if they come back into, the, uh, into our storage area, then they can look around and see, it really opens their eyes to, what they were thinking of was one thing and they thought, oh, you have Depends. Oh, you have bed wedges. Oh, and what they came in for perhaps was a cane. Mm -hmm. But when they looked around, then they could begin to envision how we might be able to meet the need. And that's really much nicer than going online and just flipping through pictures oh, sure. and you don't have any idea if it could work. But um I think the human nature of what to expect is very human and welcoming. And everybody who's there, whether they're the um, work in finance or the executive director, all have the same question and will do the very best they can to answer it. So if Donna or I are busy, someone else is going to say, how can I help you? And so it's not like, not my job. You know, it's yeah. everybody's job. Yeah, that's, that's great. So we touched a little bit on the services that you offer. Is there any that you want to go in more detail about to share with people about what kinds of things they can get from you? If there are people listening and the takeaway I would love to have is that if they've ever considered volunteering, I would love them to know that we really do have something for everyone. Mm -hmm. If they just want to help with a seasonal, our seasonal angel tree and deliver gifts, if they want to fulfill one of those wishes, we'll have a, we'll have our tree full of wishes for about 80 of our seniors that we deliver gifts to during the holiday. 
Maybe they just want to help with taking out someone's trash in the Century Village because that's where they live. Maybe someone ha is blind and they can't walk across the street to get the mail safely. Maybe they live a street away and they can just bring in their mail and see them for th 30 seconds, you know, um, when they are coming home from work. So those are things that are big problems for someone else, but they might be very small, you know, minuscule for them. We have doctors and lawyers and accountants and um, social workers, and they may have a morning off every other week. Um, a lot of people get their schedules, especially medical staff, they get their schedule three weeks ahead and they might email us and say, all right, here's my morning off or here's the day I have off for the next three weeks. So it can be something that's very fluid. It doesn't have to be fixed. So if you ever thought you wanted to volunteer with the senior population or the disabled population here in Londonderry, um, do not overlook us because whether it's for um, transportation, light chores, maybe just even once a month, um, fulfilling someone's grocery list the same time you go along mm -hmm. shoveling someone out who's the plow has gone by and buried the you know their walkway so these are things that are just um they're monumental for these people that are still trying to live in londonderry but um but for you you can do them quite quickly so you know definitely i just want people to not think that it's going to take over that this is the only opportunity that they'll be able to do, that it wouldn't fit into um, their normal lifestyle. Um, we really do have something for everyone. Like you even could have a breathing impairment or don't walk well. Well, we just make sure that we only give you someone that needs transportation that's very able-bodied. Um, you wanna do telephone reassurance? Mm -hmm. We have that option. So don't let um, a limit that you have yourself be the reason why you don't give us a call and see whether or not you can help a local person in need. So if someone does want to volunteer, what does that process look like or how would they go about doing yeah. that? So they schedule an orientation either with Trisha for transportation or with Courtney um, for in-home services. It takes about an hour and a half. After they're registered and vetted, they get to pick someone that's on our waiting list that needs help. Um, we meet that person, we register and vet that person, then we have that match meeting unless they're helping out with transportation or the handyman program. And um, it goes on from there. So it's like a big brothers, big sisters type of approach where they're really only having kind of one experience through us. So okay. it's not a rushed job. Um, we take our time making valuable matches based on someone's frequency, their preferences, allergies, likes and dislikes, um, hobbies, things like that. And so if someone was looking to get services, would it be a similar process for them to be put on your list to get help with certain things? Or? Sure. They would call one of the three of us, whoever was available, and after a set of questions, we would basically flesh out whether a good match for a program like ours. We have to make sure they're going to be responsive to the volunteer dynamic. They're going to be compliant. They're going to be respectful. They're going to be flexible and that their needs aren't too great in terms of personal care or um, 
something that requires specific training. Mm -hmm. Um, But they would put their name on our list, and as soon as we had a match for them, we would give them a call. If it's just for transportation, it's math. So for every new volunteer Londonderry driver, we take three people off the waiting list. So if you get three new volunteers in one month, we would take nine people off the waiting list. It's a tit-for-tat system. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. And then for you, is there any category of donation that you need more than another, or? I, yes. Um, walkers and rollator, uh, rollators and transport wheelchairs, I think, are our two biggest requests that people, um, they, they need it more quickly. If you need a regular wheelchair, you seem to kind of know that a little more ahead of time. Um, Certainly, uh, reuse, uh, usable things are uh, like if people have uh, depends and chucks that, that they have no longer have a use for, that's important. Um, we have always a plethora of crutches and boots and, and uh, walkers, but that doesn't mean we don't want you to ask can you use it, because sometimes we're right down to, I've got three boots left. Uh, it's pretty cyclic. It's almost magic. You get down to, you're really down to scrids, and then literally they walk or roll through the door. But uh, I think most most often that the um, the rollators, which are the walkers that have the seat in them, and um, the transport wheelchairs, which are the lighter weight ones, which make it. See, sometimes people just, they don't need a, a heavy wheelchair, but they just need to get mom from the car into the doctor's office and back. Not because mm-hmm. you can't walk, because you just can't walk that far or that fast. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be, I would think, the two most important things that I'd be looking for people to donate. Okay, and do you get all of your equipment through donation or is okay yep. it's all we donated. don't spend any money on buying anything um which is absolutely amazing but i do think there is a <laughs> a spiritual aura because sometimes people will call me at 10 o'clock and said i really need a knee scooter because i for my Achilles and I'm having surgery and I don't know how I'm going to round. And I say, I, I don't have one, but I'll put you on the waiting list. And honest to goodness, by two o'clock, one rolls through the door and I call him back and say, you know that scooter you needed to 10? Well, I've got one. And that happens so amazingly often that I just look at Donna and said, all you have to do is offer it up to the universe. And sometimes it just rolls through the door. It's, that is amazing. It is. It's and wonderful. people don't realize like the volume. So we own about 19,000 pieces of equipment. That's right. We do about 4,000 loans a year. Um, in Londonderry alone, we're probably, you know, 800 to 1,000 pieces just to Londonderry residents. And I would say, I don't know what Gail thinks, but probably the average visitor in a single visit probably saves at least $200. Oh yeah. So these are, and that might just, and that's just one visit. And so um, because we're able to save the money on the items that they can then free up that that tangible income or the little bit of money that they do have they can spend on something that we didn't have in and then if they do have a dme part of their policy then they might want to use that for the most expensive thing um, or vice versa so these pts and ot's and visiting nurses these social workers 
they know these insurances in and out and they know how best to manipulate both us, the person's personal wealth, and then um, insurance to make sure that they get everything. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a it's a quite a, a wonder how all those services kind of f- fit together. Yeah. And yeah. as people donate and bring things in, then we can issue them a receipt, which they could if they chose to use to offset their taxes. So sometimes that's a very attractive to the donor. Sometimes they don't care, but you know you realize when we give them receipt and it's based on what the IRS says is, is you know prorated but you see how much money they're getting back on this receipt what they brought in most of them have no idea when they look at it and it's three four five hundred dollars worth and they say mm-hmm. wow so yeah. it, it is a wow yeah you know. and also if you're listening like if you never use your flex spending account and it runs out either June 30th of each year or December 31st if your HR department or whoever they say hey you know you have a thousand dollars in your flex spending account and it is literally gonna go poof in a week call up Conlon's pharmacy call up Sharon medical call up rehab rehab equipment marketplace they will tell you how best to spend that for us mm-hmm. and they will even deliver it to us so like that durable medical you can use those flex spending accounts so you could call us and say hey i have a hundred you know i have a thousand dollars i have five hundred dollars what do you really need right now and we can say well, we would love three rollators you know and we can tell them where to get it and oftentimes those companies will just go ahead and, and drop it off with us so a lot of people don't know that they, they get these benefits you know mm-hmm. that they could either buy you know they can buy anything from hair dye to uh, tylenol but they can also you know they can have that that dme and they don't need to use it they can donate it out yeah i'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people probably don't realize that and they probably just the money goes away when it could be put to a good use so definitely i'd like to just make another pitch in terms of volunteers um we in the closet have equipment that comes in that might need to be repaired or minor things and what i really would love is to have somebody a man or woman who is a handy person who likes to repair things because sometimes it's a matter of adjusting brakes or tightening legs or assembling something where people donated it, it's in the box. Now, yes, Donna and I can stop and don't and um, assemble it, but sometimes it gets ahead of us so that, mm-hmm. you know, if we had somebody who said, yeah, I could come in for a couple hours once or twice a month, yeah. then the, because we have some people who will take it off site and that's wonderful, but then like six things go out and maybe two weeks later they all come back whereas if i had a volunteer yeah they could fix it right then like and your then head yeah if you know how to tune your own bike chances are you can fix most of the yeah. equipment that comes in. yeah and i think donna and i can actually show them plus if they're a bit mechanical that they'll say or sometimes we have a piece and the and the, the wife will say oh no my brother-in-law is very he can fix that and so they'll take it even if it needs a little tweaking so uh, yeah. But I would love to have a volunteer. That's a great thank you. Yeah, that would be great. So what would you say is the most challenging part of your job and the most rewarding part? I mean, it's hard dancing, like, dancing the dance. It's just, we know how cool we are. <laughs> we know how valued we are. We know how invaluable we are. But constantly 
dancing the dance, singing for your supper, whatever you want to do it, like, oh, it's tiring sometimes just to, to, to prove to people how good you are and how much they need you. Or we get so often, well, you're a volunteer program. What, what do you need money for? Like, well, you do, you still need money. There's still overhead. So it's just those connotations or, you know, um, you've got um, Candid, you've got GuideStar, you've got all these um, Charity Navigator. They are they scrutinize your 990 on how much you spend on marketing or spend on outreach or how much how much you do, how much you invest in letting people know about you. And there's negative connotations when it comes to having to pay for marketing or pay for outreach, pay for print ads, but they don't realize that we're just, we're, it's a business, a business is a business is a business. So I think it's, it's just hard because we're, um, we're treated differently, even though we're not. So um, I would say that's a challenge is having to do outreach on limited or, or no budget. So that's why Aaron, like opportunities like this are gold for us because um, it, you know, you have this built in audience or you will. And um, this is just, this is a great vehicle for us. So, so thank you. Oh, well, I'm happy to help and it's helping me too. So it's <laughs> a good thing all around. Yeah. I would say that the, toughest thing for me is to still be at the top of my game at five minutes of three like you are at five minutes a night which you say well that's obvious but the person who comes in that's frazzled at five or three deserves the same level of energy mm -hmm. and input so we do our best to, to give it well sometimes I I look at the clock and say, yep, it's five or three on Friday <laughs> it's time two never or three fail. more people come in never, never. but that's okay but then I balance that off when you say, what's the best part? The hugs. Oh, yeah. I get hugs from people that just very often what they're doing, if they're, especially if they're donating, they're, they're finally accepting what may have happened to a loved one. You know, it's a kind of closure, but they haven't, they said, well, you know, the wheelchair has been sitting in the living room for a year, but they finally brought it in. And so... I know that people are very um, sensitive. Some are huggers and some are not. So um, I do say, because they give off a vibe, I do say to some people, you look like you might need a hug. And they either say, no, no, I'm all right. And I say, okay, good. I read it wrong. Or they, they just kind of melt. Yeah. And that, that's the best thing for me. You know, it's not, there, there's nothing else, you know, that knowing that we were able to solve a problem and help with that emotional burden that they were dealing with is just, and we started a new program this year, which I'm um, happy about, you know, how often you go into a, a, a restaurant or something say, and you, they said, would you like to put, you know, a star up here on the tree for whatever. So we decided we would have an honor or remembrance tree. And you can either put up a leaf or a flower, depending upon your preference. If you're making your donation in honor of somebody, or in memory of somebody. And that, you know, I've, I've seen some very big hulking men just melt because they finally can put it on paper. And I said, nope, there's your flower. You write whatever you want. 
And then when my tree gets full, I put that on in a big memory album. And we now we have uh, fall leaves are going up. Now we filled one in the spring. We filled mm -hmm. one the tree in the summer. Now we're, we're changing seasons, so we change. But the, it, it amazes me, especially the men. that said, "Oh yeah, that would be great." Mm -hmm. And it's like then you see the shoulders come down, and you see them. Yeah, I love that idea. Yes. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned that you have a new back room area that you're hoping to have people utilize. Did you want to yep. tell us more about that? Yeah, so if you're, a, if you're a nonprofit or a group that's looking to have a space available free for rent, um, our only, I guess our only stipulation is that you can't, uh, there can't be any entry fee. You can't be profiting from, from the group. Um, but we have a brand new back room. It's got seating for comfortable seating for about 18. We've got a dry erase board. We've got um, the kind of seating that you can have it be arranged in a circle or a square or um, a workshop style. We've got a smart TV. Um, we've got thoughtful lighting. So anyone that's looking to do either, a, you know, say a craft group or a cultural group or a book group or some kind of support group, um, say you need to have a private meeting with someone um, and they can't, you can't, don't want to do it at the local coffee shop or the library, you know, um, you can have it at our office. You could not have the privacy at home to do telehealth but that's how the doctor wants to meet with you. You could book it out to do that. Mm -hmm. um, we'd be open to toenail clinics, you know, blood pressure clinics, you know, parish nurse program, really anything um, if it's um, if it's going to benefit um, seniors and disabled in our in our you know in our general area. So we've got some projects coming up. You can see our website for them. But we've got um, we've got three talks coming up in November, December, and January. They're geared towards our volunteers, but they are gonna be open to the public. But really, we just want people to know that we do have a finished space, and if they'd like more information, they can just reach out to us. Um, it could be something that's just once, it could be weekly, it could be monthly, so check our calendar. We do have obviously have openings, and we'd love to host you. Okay. And Donna does run a sewing group oh, once yes. a month, which is really awesome, because if you are a sewer, she, um, gathers us all together and then has a project of the day. Last Saturday we were making adult um, bibs by recircling men's um, sports shirts so that they look really good and they're finished and um, they're very inexpensive because we do sell some uh, adaptive clothing um, things so they're very inexpensive for our, our patrons to purchase but it also recycles and it's a good chance if you are a sewer to be with other ladies that enjoy sewing and there was a good conversation lots of positive energy uh, Donna provided a nice lunch and uh, it was great nice so. is there anything we haven't covered that you think we should talk about I feel good I feel good I would just <laughs> say to people um, don't don't hesitate because you don't know what to ask. You know, call us uh, and talk with us. Dawn is very, very knowledgeable. She knows equipment inside and out. I've been an occupational therapist for over 50 years, so 
I understand that aspect of things. So don't think that any question is too trivial um, because we've had people, my most recent example is we had a, a young woman come in, she brought her friend, but while she was there, she just nonchalantly asked, do you ever get knee braces? Now, we wouldn't think about coming to West for a knee brace. I said, well, as a matter of fact, I have a whole bin of knee braces. And so we talked about it and uh, I brought out what I had and I got right down on the floor and she got them. She came in walking with difficulty. She went out walking much better. I was the one that had tears in my eyes after because she wasn't even coming for herself. She was coming to help her friend. But she just in passing said, do you ever get knee braces? She didn't have the money. She told me that they were going to be $300 a piece. She didn't have the money to buy them herself. Uh, but she just casually asked. I, so no question is too little. If you don't know, call us and ask us. Yeah. And uh, we have waiting lists. If we don't have it, we'll put you on the waiting list. And when one comes in, we'll call you right up and say, got it. Right. And what nonprofit do you think we should have on next? <laughs> well, for Londonderry, right? It doesn't have to be for Londonderry. If it is, great, but it can be, I mean, even someone that serves just the state of New Hampshire or whatever. So a couple whatever. of my Lon uh, Londonderry volunteers, they cook lasagnas for Lasagna with Love. And um, a couple of yeah, a couple of my volunteers. I could give you their names, but I think it's a not a very well known nonprofit in this area. I haven't and I haven't heard of it, so, so I'm intrigued. You, yeah, so you just have to sign up for a meal. They give you the name of the person that's looking for um, a little love through lasagna, and you make it and you deliver it. And um, they've got people right here in Londonderry that are looking for a little little extra love yeah that's food so i'd love to know more about it but um yeah i don't know yeah that sounds great i'll get their info after the show because that, that sounds interesting to me and especially if it's an organization that doesn't maybe isn't as known i'd love to get them more known <laughs> so yeah. and then the final question i like to ask everybody is what is the kindest thing you've ever witnessed or been a part of oh gosh and I know it may be hard to pinpoint one specific thing, so even if it's, you know, a number of things. And you can take time to think if you need, because I know it's a hard one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, sometimes it's really nice when you get a volunteer that um, they might be a younger person, and they might be a little self-absorbed, and they might think that their life is really bad or they've got it hard off and you match them up with someone that's got you know one arm or one eye or one leg or you know and as this 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 great spirit this optimism this this light shining off them and you know through the years of this person helping this person they just get such a great perspective of um, how they're seen, how people see them, how they see themselves. Um, so I think some of the most moving have been these like intergenerational 
matches where you really see these life-changing um, moments between two people that didn't really have much in common, but they find out they actually do. And um, I think those are been some of the most gratifying matches or to really see that change that comes over someone when you start to help somebody else it really does help yourself so I don't know it might not be what you asked but I think it's uh you know those have been you know monumental moments you know in my years here no I think that's a great example and it's nice to hear that they can have that impact on really changing someone's mindset and kind Mm -hmm. of attitude and how they look at the world and everything so that's true I I can't top that one that's a good one No, it really, it's about the relationship building and whether it's a relationship between the caregiver and the person who doesn't want the care, and then when they finally come around and then they suddenly can advise somebody else, like you'll see in the waiting room, you'll see two gentlemen who are not happy because of their individual circumstances, but one's encouraging the other one's like, well, it's not so bad, you know, six weeks ago I was, you know, I needed a whatever, now I'm at this point, and, or they pull together their military background, it's like, I'm helping out my friend, but he's not very good because he's in the Marines and I'm in the Navy and we fight all the time, but it's like, yeah, we fight all the time, but when push comes to shove, He's over here trying to get equipment so that his cantankerous friend mm-hmm. won't be sleeping on a futon, which someone has to pick him up and set him down on. So yeah. um, I just like to be a part of helping to facilitate that relationship and just see it happen. It just is good. Yeah. I think that's great and I appreciate all that you do for everybody and your organization does for everyone and thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us all. It's great. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I will include all the information for community caregivers in the show notes as well as the YouTube description if you are watching on YouTube. Just a reminder that you can find the Dose of Good podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you are in a different part of the country, I encourage you to see if there is a similar organization where you live. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get more involved in your community and to reach out and help others. I'm your host, Erin Rowe, and I'll talk to you soon.